What's the deal? What's the deal? Politics in the podcast. We back again. Here, man, after the tragic news of takeoff tragically passing Monday on Halloween night, we got all this anti-Semitic, you know, narrative going around. So now we got Kyrie Irving involved in it, and it has led to the Nets parting ways with Steve Nash, and it's looking like they're going to bring in Emmy Doku from the Celtics, even though he's suspended. And then we got uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband has been attacked at their home and hit in the head twice with a hammer. I mean, is this world is crazy. And, of course, we got to get to the NFL, man. Christian McCaffrey was traded to the 49ers. He bought out last week. We did not have Devo Samuel out there. And the Niners is looking like, like him. So let's get to this first topic, man. So Steve Nash, man, he is officially out at the Brooklyn Nets, man. So what's your thoughts on this Steve Nash situation? And do you think that this Kyrie Irving recent news was the, the you know, fuel to the fire to really get him up out of there and move on to the next, you know, coach and try to, you know, get this season back on track? What's your thoughts? I mean, I'll go first. I – I have a hard time believing that Kyrie's issues with uh, his anti-Semitic comments have anything to do with the way Steve Nash coaches. But I think when you just look at how bad of a start they've had, they were just waiting for an opportunity to let him go. I mean, in retrospect, um, he was an issue last year. He was an issue over the summer. You know, as far as with Kevin Durant, you know, deciding that he wanted to leave. Let's not forget it. He said he wanted to leave. Kyrie wants to go to the Lakers. You know, this really is a year to uh, win a championship or bust the whole entire team. And right now we can already see that they're not looking very promising. Ben Simmons is afraid to shoot layups still. Um, Kyrie and and, K- and KD are averaging, you know, uh, you know, over 30. I think they both had a game with – or there was a game where they each have 41. But none of that has to do with the coaching. None of that has to do with the schemes, the, the strategy, the zone defense, man defense, none of it. So I think looking at the potential replacement for Steve Nash, it's a good look. And um, sorry to say it, Steve Nash really didn't deserve to have this job to begin with. His very first opportunity in the NBA shouldn't have been with Kevin Durant and Kyrie and James Harden. It should have been with the team that was up and coming, like, say, you know, Sacramento or Cleveland or something like that. But that's just, you know, what I think. Yeah, that's um, that's a great point, uh, Mayor. Um, I would say this. Uh, you're right. He didn't deserve this job as his first head coaching job in the NBA. Um, I don't know if he thought he was going to be able to come in here and make it like go to state with Steve Kerr with that being his first opportunity. Um, But the bottom line is, you know, listen, at the end of the day, yeah, this league is about offensive putting up points and you see the scores is 140 to 130. But at the end of the day, especially in crunch time and in the playoffs, it comes down to defense and what's your defensive scheme and what adjustments are you making? And Steve Nash obviously was just not – um, you know, hasn't been able to uh, demonstrate that he can um, accomplish that on the court and with this team. So 
there had to be a change and it wasn't going to be Kevin Durant. It wasn't going to be Kyrie Irving, um, maybe Ben Simmons, but not him, at least not right now. Um, so, you know, the change was obviously going to be uh, Steve Nash. And if Ime uh, Udoku is out there, go get him. Uh, the bottom line is, you know, with the Celtics situation, again, uh, you know, that should have been a private HR matter. Um, that shouldn't have been made public with what went down and what was going on. Um, he was only suspended by the Boston Celtics, not the NBA. I think a lot of people got that construed as well, that, he, you know, that the league suspended him. No, it was just the Boston Celtics. That's why he is now able uh, to potentially get uh, this Brooklyn deal uh, done. So, which I believe it should happen. He was the coach uh, when Nash was, I think, um, two years ago when he was in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Bucks. I think that's when he was the assistant coach. That's how he got the Boston job. So, um, you know, I think it's a great, it's a great fit for him. Um, and yeah, with Nash, it was just not, it's, it just was never going to work out ultimately. Well, you know, <clears throat> first off, let me touch on my man Kyrie real quick. Everybody needs to get off Kyrie, man. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's putting on something on his Twitter, not necessarily promoting. I've seen the clip, you know what I mean? And America has to really decide what it wants to be. Do you want to be freedom of speech or not? Because I recall, you know, Trent, our president saying some shit like grab her by the pussy. I recall, you know, Hillary Clinton saying black men are all super predators. I recall so many different people, Eminem saying fuck Bush on a song. Like, can you can you speak freely or can't you? So, you know, I just had to get that out the way. Now, let's get to these sorry ass next. Steve Nash definitely needed to go. Steve Nash is not a great coach. Now, let's believe that. Just because you're a great player, that does not make you a great coach. I love Magic Johnson, but when Magic Johnson became a coach, he was terrible. He was horrible. He was a horrible coach. Michael Jordan is a horrible owner. It doesn't always translate. So Steve Nash is a great basketball mind, a great basketball player, but he don't coach and the players don't respect him. Players show him no respect. So he shows no, no adjustments. He don't have very good schemes on the court, offensive sets. He's not a good coach and he had to go. So... There's no way you should have two of the top, I say, 10, 12 players in the league and be two and five, just like the Lakers. There's no way you should have two of the top players in the league and be two and five. So, yes, he next got to go. Ime Udoka is a defensive mind. He's a great coach. It's a great fit for him to go right to the next state over in Chicago, Brooklyn Nets, and hopefully show this team's true talent and what they could do. I thought that Kyrie would be on his what they would call best behavior. Definitely going into a year where he knew that, you know, he's going to be a free agent and he's trying to get that contract, if not from Brooklyn, but from someone else. And so he put himself in a in a real predicament with this one. And if he's going to stand on it, he's going to stand on it. So I can respect that. If you're going to say something, don't throw rocks and hide your hands. Right, you know what I'm saying? So you're gonna stand on you're gonna stand on it. I can respect that. So if right. he's not gonna apologize or retract, but they're they're definitely gonna I think that this next press conference that he does is probably gonna be the biggest moment of his career. And if he if he apologizes, then he has a future. If he doesn't, not think that he's gonna be the next Colin Kaepernick, man. Nah, he got look, enough money. It's okay. He's good. Look, if you think about it, to just today, 
just today or not today, but they showed a clip on Instagram when I was, you know, as always, when you send the list, Caleb, I just want to give you a shout out. When you let us know what the topics are so we can do our research and make sure we do our due diligence to have something smart to say on our podcast. Uh, I look up on Instagram, not the first option, but just, you know, I'll check and see what's trending about, you know, that person. They've been showing a lot of clips of Kyrie actually greeting some of those said people who had the shirt on saying, oh, hello, you know, nice to see you out here. I'm glad you guys are here. Hope you enjoy the show. And they're like, oh, hi, Kyrie. You know, thank you so much. Like, you know, they show that interaction where it's like from the IG post, it looks like, you know, here they are, you know, feeling some type of way. He might be looking in their direction with a snarl or whatever, and he looks more aggressive as black men. There's always, you know, portrayed in any type of social media circumstance. But, you know, the Greek fans that are courtside, that's something an entertainer is supposed to do. You know what I mean? When you're aware that this is your job. So I think if he can show the same type of uh, professionalism that they would like uh, any player to show, that maybe they can just look at what he's saying is his freedom of speech, like Ronnie was saying, where, my bad, Ronnie was saying, like, uh, Kyrie was talking about last season how the world was flat. And he was talking about a lot of different things that everybody just didn't want to hear about, right? But then it all went away because he was playing basketball. He was doing this thing on the court. So maybe if they just let him work and then stop worrying so much about what he's saying, like as if his voice really matters so much, then maybe, you know, we'd be good. Because if it did matter, I'm just saying, if it did matter, then they should open up dialogue to everyone. It's all all a distraction, too. Just real real quick. It's all a distraction, too, man. Like, you know, we're talking about Kyrie. We're talking about Kanye. Meanwhile, Donald Trump is still getting off for, you know, uh, January 6th, right? Plenty of people that was involved in January 6th Attack on the Capitol still getting up. Like, there's still other things have like, you know, they just throw this shit out here. Oh, Kyrie, anti-Semitic, you support? Like, come on, man. Like, really, really, this is that's the that's the issue that you guys want to throw out saying, there. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. They're saying that he promoted it, so because they said that he posted it, that it was promotion, and that he's promoting these narratives, and that's the narratives that they paint all the time but people post stuff and take stuff down all the time and that doesn't mean that that's that's their beliefs or that they're promoting this product people click people share links left and right right so now everything if you post something on your social media it's promotion it's not a post especially if you're Kyrie Irving right but this is this is a you can't go at this time, it, mainstream media is owned by the Jewish, and you can't really go against mainstream media right now because they're feeling attacked, and, and they're on the defensive. So anything that you say or do that seems like you're attacking or coming at them, this is what they're going to do to you, man. And if you don't issue a formal apology, then you know, you're know you going to go on that list, and nobody's going to touch you. And whether we like it or not, this is the game. This is the industry. Don't turn the turn. Don't turn the Fox. Don't turn the ESPN. I mean, I mean that's really what it is. If that's really how you feel. So let's move on to this next news, man. We got to get to this LA Clippers news, man, because 
early on in the season, man, everybody was picking the Clippers to be the favorite to go win the championship. And now we are started off on a bad skit. The offense looks the offense looks bad. And Kawhi Leonard has only played in two games. Are the Clippers still contenders or everything has to rely on Kawhi Leonard? And does that default us from being true champion contenders? Yes. Would you would you like to start that, Kayla? No, well, go ahead. Oh, okay. I, I won't I won't start. I'm a Laker fan. Yeah, yeah the Clippers look, look the Clippers I'll, are still the Clippers are still contenders. It's still early. It's only they've only played seven games. All right. But the bottom line is Kawhi Leonard needs to get on the floor. The only way, I mean, most teams win championships is with cohesiveness, right? You like with you guys playing together. Um, so, you know, if he's not on the floor, I understand, you know, he's a two-time champion. He can come in, you know, he's come in there and made a difference when he's played. Um, but if he's not playing, if he's not there on the floor, I mean, yeah, I mean, with, with PG and, and John Wall, I mean, okay, maybe play in team, but you're not winning a championship. He has to play. Um, and we saw that, you know, with like the Brooklyn Nets um, on how, you know, the offense or, or the players were in and out of the offense. And then by the time they came together, it was kind of too late. You know, that could very well be the same situation with the Clippers if he doesn't get back in the lineup and get healthy. But, you know, we, we know there's a little bit of low management with that, too. But they're still contenders, man. It's still it's still early. It's only seven games. They're right now in the 11th place but a lot of these teams like the thunder are four and three right now the the spurs are five and two a lot of those teams might come down a little bit and the of course the clippers and golden state right now on the outside looking in we all know that's going to change so I, I think they'll be fine um with Kawhi, um i think it was a report that said that knee surgery didn't go as well as they thought it did so to Kawhi's defense, the knee surgery ain't right. That's the reason why they're being cautious with this knee. Because you can't just tell a player to get out there and play on a fucked up knee. He's going to ruin his career. So, you know, him looking out for his career and his trainers, that's that's a big up to them. His knee isn't right. Clearly they don't feel good about it. They're trying to see what they can do about it to save his career and save the season. It's still early. The Clippers are will be fine as uh as uh, Amrock said, it's early in the season. Golden State and the Clippers are both looking terrible right now. Golden State's defense looking trash. Clippers looking terrible overall. And there's teams like the Jazz is like 6-1. and one. It's too early to set to eliminate them from the playoffs. They still have one of the most talented rosters in the league. They still got a star in PG. Um, as the season progresses, you know, John Wall come on. And, yeah, the Clippers will be fine. They'll still be right there in the end. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to win it, but they're still right there for sure. I don't know. I feel yeah, like go ahead. You go ahead because I'm not gonna I say it. Like, I feel like Kawhi on that bullshit right now, man. I hate that this is going on. Like I put a lot of faith. I stood by this man defending him teeth and bones with the whole world. And for him to do me like this, man, it's like I, I feel bad for the season ticket holders that you paid that money to get them seats. You want him to fuck up his knee? Kawhi, man. You want him to fuck up his knee? That's what you want? I don't want him to fuck up his knee, man, but... It sounds like you do. There's got to be some type of middle ground. 
There it's is like, no middle ground. If your knee ain't right, you can't get what, out there and beat what, Kawhi Leonard. What, what, the be rhetoric that's been painted with Kawhi is that if he has any type of pain, he does not play. He pays to zero. That's zero pain. That to be a fact. And if it is, that, so what? I, I don't like, believe that to be a fact, but that's just the rhetoric that is painted. That's, see, that's what and, you, and that's unfair to Kawhi because he's had. It's not like he's had nagging injuries. This man has had major injuries. That knee injury he had—that's a career-ending injury. He's had a, a that that ankle sprain in a, in a Western Conference Finals when Zaza went under his foot. That was a terrible injury right there. Like that's a terrible. I, injury. I'm not saying it does, but when you're when you're never available for the media and you never answer any questions and we never get any answers and we don't see you on the floor then it's like at least hit the podium and talk to us you're never available you play two games you weren't available for the media after your games talk like, to the you're media not giving us nothing can we get a statement can we can we get a, a after practice you know what i'm saying just hey yeah my knee Oh, can we get something? But we just are stuck, you know, checking the injury report to see if Kawhi is playing. You sound yeah. like a disappointed fan, Kay. You're taking this personal. <laughs> <laughs> My turn. My turn. Yeah. So you got to see that way right here. How it says, because I'm the coach. That's why. So here you go, right? Kawhi Leonard is the coach of the Clippers, not Teron Luke. Just like LeBron when he had Tyron Lue as the coach and Kawhi can do and he can come and go as he pleases. You know why? Because he could care less. He has more championship rings than the entire Clippers organization. <laughs> when you hold that type of power and weight, there's really nothing anyone can say. The owner of the team, Hey, here's the keys. You, you rake the little fake, dirt at the you know groundbreaking of the arena that's not completed yet there's nothing that you can say about the clippers right now that matters they are what two and five right no beginning three, of the season three and four three, three and four, three and four not the Lakers. don't confuse them. oh no oh no oh no like, we got we got that number one we got that first one that's all that matters we got that first one that's all that matters no but I mean, just like Ronnie was saying, it's the very beginning of the season. A Rock, uh, uh, Amrock said the same thing. Um, it's it's uh, it's going to be a wild season. We all said this two weeks ago. We said it three weeks ago. We said, "Hey, the potential of this season could be crazy." And if you look at the first seven games, we shouldn't take any team lightly because none of those teams who have that start actually are good teams, right? If they're not good teams, that means they played against good teams. And that means they beat the teams that they weren't supposed to beat, which now gives them confidence, which gives them momentum, which is going to give them that, like, you know what? The hell with the Clippers, the Lakers, Golden State. Everybody's going to go after it saying, hey, it's my chance to get a chip. So I think more than anything, we should just look at the fact that Kawhi just is not interested in entertaining any of us. You, Ronnie, when you said that Kawhi, is, uh, his surgery didn't go well and that it was like, you know, not as the way it was planned or whatever, that's the first I'm hearing about it. That's why I, I was like, wow. Like, as a hater of the Clippers, I was like, oh, no, no, not a botched knee surgery. What do we do now? What do we do? We just sit back and watch and make another excuse why 
they go all the way to the playoffs and fail. Sorry. Uh, it's, Sorry. it's not an excuse for me because I'm not necessarily a Clipper fan. Sorry. Oh, no, no, I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying I'm a Laker fan and I'm a Clipper hater. You know what I'm saying? The last time the Clippers were relevant, you had Baron Davis. You had Lamar Odom. You had no, I didn't that long. The last time. Oh, you're crazy. Oh, no, no, no. You got you to skip past Lob City. Come on, guys. Let's not, on, let's not do that. You got to skip past Lob City because if you don't skip past Lob City, we'll be stuck talking about, you know, the big three in Boston the and Paul Gasol with Kobe. We couldn't get past the Warriors. Who got past the Warriors? Nobody. The dynasty. So right. you got to talk about us. Right. Well, just like just like San Antonio was a dynasty, and a lot of people didn't get past San Antonio. The Lakers did. I don't know, man. I don't know why you let me down right now, boy. Let's let's get you out there, man. Let's let's march number two out there. Let's see what you got on the court, man. Give us ten minutes. Give us five. Cost him five years. But 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 give us something, or at least give us an update. Let us know what's going on because, as a fan, I'm like, damn. What the wait, wait. Guess what? Guess what, Caleb? He owes Clipper Nation nothing. That's what he tells his <laughs> uncle at home. He said, "I don't owe them nothing." He he resigned, so he do owe us something. True. But let's get let's get to this NFL, man. So, the NFC East used to be the NFC least, but now they are balling out, man. We got the seven and zero Eagles. We got the uh what is that? The 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 six and two cowboys. We got the six and two giants. They're they're looking like they're the top division in the NFC. But then we have the surging 49ers. They made that move. They got Christian McCaffrey. Even without a Debo Samuel, we balled out, he threw for a touchdown, he ran for a touchdown, he caught a touchdown. He was everywhere on the field. And when Debo Samuel come back, even with Jimmy G, man, I don't, I don't think that there's a most more dangerous offense <laughs> and team than San Francisco 49ers. Tom Brady's looking like trash. You know, the, uh, who else is over here? I don't believe in no Geno Smith. Y'all see how the Rams are. They're very human. They need to sign Odell back because you can't just go Cooper Cup every play. I mean, as far as the NFC, you looking at the NFC East and the 49ers. I mean, who else are true contenders? You sounding really you sounding like Stephen A in Dallas. <laughs> Go ahead, Amrak. I apologize for cutting you off. <laughs> no, no, I think Ron, I think Ronnie. Oh, that was for you, Ronnie. Go ahead. My yeah, bad. Ronnie, my, my, bad. Bad. my bad. I just had to, man. I had to start because I think Caleb is trying to convince himself. Um Definitely. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, because uh, Christian McCaffrey is a baller, no doubt. He's a baller. Christian McCaffrey, he's a, he a baller. His his daddy was a baller. Daddy played with uh, John Elway in Denver, Ed McCaffrey. So, you know, Christian McCaffrey is a baller. However, the 49ers are definitely a talented team, no doubt. 49ers are not a talented team. But as I said before, and I will say it again, the 49ers are not winning shit with sorry-ass fucking Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback. He is not winning shit. He is a scrub. He is not winning shit. I promise you, he ain't winning shit. They might get there. They might go to the NFC East Champ West the NFC Championship, but they're going to lose because that. Okay, I, 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 I raised your question right there because we went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Chiefs. 
because he saw. Then we went, we went to the NFC championship game and lost to the Rams. A lot of that was your defense. A lot of that was y'all defense. All of it was defense. A lot of that was defense. To the actual champions. Jimmy G played terrible. With less talent than what we got now. So you're telling me that this is not more talented than those teams? He's not that dude. He's a bonehead. He do bonehead shit in the cl- in crunch time. He plays terrible in big games. He sucks. You got to be that dude as a quarterback. You have to be that. Either you are or you ain't. That ain't something that you just grow. Either you are that dude as a quarterback or you ain't. And Jimmy G had his opportunities, and he ain't that dude. He's not. He's, he sucks. But, but for me, it's more about the play calling. Because now that you got Shanahan calling these plays and you got Christian McCaffrey lining up all over the field, that's what we do with Debo Samuel. So now you got Debo everywhere all over the field. You got Christian everywhere all over the field. And we got the best tight end in the game with George Kittle. Caleb, can we wait? Can can we at least wait and see until Debo Samuels and uh, 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 Christian McCaffrey are on the field together before we go into this huge Clipper, I'm sorry, Niner rant because you're, you're like Ronnie <laughs> said earlier, like Ronnie said earlier, you're having this whole like super fandom moment. You know what I mean? We're going back to back, Calum favorite teams, and you just like, you know what I'm saying? You let you cut my man Ronnie off. You even let him finish his, his point. You know what I'm saying? But the truth is, yeah, you know what? I'll say it. The Niners finally have a decent record, which they do all the time. The Niners always have a decent record. Let's not take for granted that defense wins championships. Amrock just said it. It's the defense is what got them to to where they were last year, NFC Championship, right? But if you think about it, if they had a better quarterback, they would have won. They would have went all the way. Exactly. And that's the that's the thing that we're sleeping on. It's like you know, no disrespect to you as a uh, as a fan. But I've always said that the Niners are never going to have their true potential until they come out and either give Colin Kaepernick another chance or a solid apology for what went down. Because the karma between him and them will never go away when he was their quarterback of the future. He was still supposed to be the quarterback that was leading them right now to this day. And he would literally be putting them in such a crazy position because we're just saying Colin Kaepernick, Debo Samuels, Ed McCaffrey's kid. Wow. What an offense. What an offense. Right. And he's sitting there at home, you know, let's hope that he's watching the podcast and he's nodding like, yeah, give me that chance. Cause it all in all honesty, Jimmy G does not deserve to be with the Niners. He could be with any other team playing the way he's playing. The Niners is like, you know, up there with the Cowboys and the Raiders as America's three favorite teams. No disrespect to Philly and no disrespect to uh the Pittsburgh Steelers. But if he's went top five, there's your five. He shouldn't be playing as the starting quarterback if this is a, if these are the results he's gonna consistently give you. And I'm talking to you directly, fan, because I don't like him. My father-in-law is a Niner fan, and I go against the Niners every day. Shout out to Tom Lobato. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the question is, right, if, does adding Christian McCaffrey make them a contender now? Um, you know, again, because of their defense, um, I believe that they could potentially make it to an NFC championship game. Absolutely. 
Uh, right now, they sit in the seventh seed. So first round, they will play Minnesota. Um, I think they could certainly go into Minnesota and win that game. We don't trust Kirk Cousins. Um, you know, even though they have a solid roster as well, do we trust Kirk Cousins? Um, Jimmy G. You know, uh, and as far as with – I'll take Jimmy yeah. over Kirk. Say that again? I'll take Jimmy over Kirk. I won't. I'll take no. Kirk. No. Kirk Cousins is definitely a better quarterback. Now, he has his issues in the clutch as well, and we've seen that uh, throughout his – even when he was with Washington. Um, but, no, Kirk Cousins is clearly uh, a better quarterback as far as throwing the ball, putting it where it needs to be. Um, he was doing that even before Justin Jefferson. He was doing that with Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, um, you know, and in uh, Washington as well. So, no, Kirk Cousins is definitely a better quarterback. But, uh, you know, Seattle's looking good with Geno Smith. I mean, again, they just plopped him right into what they wanted to do uh, with Russell Wilson, but obviously he wasn't with it. Uh, not to say that Geno Smith is all of that, but I mean, if the man is healthy, he's he's giving them points. He's putting points on the board while he's healthy. Um, and of course, in you know at Atlanta, that's just because Tampa Bay and New Orleans haven't stepped up. That's why Atlanta's in there at this point. Um, so we don't really consider them a threat. And then you got the Cowboys and the and the Giants in the NFC East. So um, you know, can can the 49ers make some noise? Absolutely, because of their weapons. Um, and because of their defense, they could absolutely make some noise. And may I think you made a great point um, uh, with the play calling. Uh, it's going to come down to Jimmy G can make the throw. He can just hear me out. He can make the throw. But again, does he have that? Does he have that that clutch gene or that, um, uh, you know, that that playing in that big time moment? Does he have that? And it's going to come down to Shanahan and the play calling, maybe giving them some pitches. That's considered a throw. Giving them some pitches to McCaffrey, some pitches to Samuel, right? So where that they can, those guys can then do their thing instead of making Jimmy G uh, try to be a better quarterback. Because if if he's got to be the guy, um, making plays, he's not. He's not going to do it. Right. Good point. Yeah, I don't know. I, I agree that Jimmy G is not the guy that you want two minute drive. No, gotta win the game. You need a <laughs> touchdown. Interception. When you, but, but when again, if, 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 you can, you if you can give it, like, again, like a lot of pitches, a lot of, you know, like make give, give it to Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel sooner and faster and let them make the plays instead of Jimmy G waiting in the pocket and trying to go long to, to one of those guys, that that's not his game. But, Am, but Amrock, you said it, though. It comes to Shanahan and, and the play yeah, calls. Yeah, you absolutely. know, like if you think about it, Jimmy G's not the best no-huddle quarterback, right? So True. within that two-minute, you know, two-minute drill type situation, if he's under center and he hands the ball off to Debo and he gets a good run, if – if Shanahan's caught up in the moment just being like, you know, a coach is in some in some cases, you know, we don't even pay attention. It's the assistant. Hey, 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 oh, yeah, my bad, my bad. And you get back locked in. He'll get under center and or go shotgun and just look to throw the ball like most, you know, most quarterbacks look to try to throw the ball to, you know, advance down the field to try to hurry up and get to the six points to the potential seven. So I'm thinking you would really have to like hold Shanahan more accountable at this point. 
you know, for the success of the team on the offensive side or even the offensive coordinator, because if you add this type of weapon, they have to, they have to become a contender because that's, what was the point of picking them up? You know? Yeah, and that's well, the only excuse at this point is, Oh, he can, he can go and be like, well, we didn't really have the quarterback. That's the only thing really holding this. And it's that every year. Offense, if you, if you look at our offense the last two years, the last three years, it's really just been George Kittle, Debo Samuel. George Kittle, Debo Samuel. Run, run. We had 15 different running backs in that span. So the running back really never mattered. This is the first time that we actually had a different weapon and that we actually had a, a clear like starting running back because every other time we've had Mostert, we had – you know, Didn't you just guys. lose Frank Gore a few years ago? No, Frank Gore been out of there ever since. How long? Way, about five, six years now. Oh, my bad. That's why well, you guys have been going through so many Hall running backs. Eligible. I think he's almost Hall of Fame eligible. So it's been mm-hmm. about four at least five, five yeah. But that's the main reason why you guys have been going through so many running backs. He was your one and only that lasted for so many years. All right, well, let's get to this. Unfortunate news that everybody has been talking about. Got the world shook up. So takeoff from the Migos, man. He has passed away after apparently being hit in the head by a stray bullet after an altercation from an event going down in Houston on Halloween night. So I guess they were shooting dice outside of a bowling alley uh, it was some type of altercation that occurred. He basically tried to move, get out the way, and end up running into the bullet, per se. So it's, it may be that the bullet came from one of Quavo's and Takeoff's camp, and that one of his own people has accidentally shot him and killed him in Houston. The details are still coming out. But there's all type of theories coming out. The main thing that I want to get to is people pulling out their cell phones, taking his videos, you know, sneaking. You can tell that people are sneaking videos. The fact that you're there sneaking videos, it's a private event. There was only 50 attendees. So everybody that was there had to be on the list. So they know who everybody that was there. They know who you are. So these videos... I mean, it wouldn't be hard to figure out who came up and, and shot the and showed these videos to these different platforms. So is it more about, like, are we just that big of opportunists that we have to, you know, take a video and try to sell it to a TMZ for a couple thousand dollars? Are we that money hungry? Is everything about the bag and about likes and comments and running up your numbers? Like, What's your thoughts on this whole scenario with takeoff losing his life in Houston Halloween night? I mean, to answer your question, yes, it's always been about the bag. Let's not forget. Let's not forget how this country was built and how this country was taken over and ran. It's been about the bag. Don't get it twisted. Now, I hate it to hear the news about him getting hit and passing away, man. That's this. It's, I grew up in the 90s, man, and when Big E and Pop died, it was just such a big shock because we weren't losing rappers like that to death. You know what I'm saying? The gun violence. So when Big E and Pop, it was just like, 
fuck. Like, we just lost two rappers that got killed. And now, this generation, rappers is getting popped at least two, three times a year. So, it has become a different culture now. And a lot of there's a lot of things that, that people say, oh, dang, we need to stop killing each other. Whoop-de-whooping. Well, that's all true. But I think people need to wake up and study about where this came from and what caused all this. Let's go back to the root of the problem and talk about this instead of just saying people just need to stop killing each other. Because it's definitely an issue. It's an issue that, you know, people always got to put out guns. But it's like a lot of these weapons, a lot of these weapons we didn't even have access to, man. These weapons came from nowhere. They weren't even selling these automatic weapons in shops back in the day. These automatic weapons, they were going to these shops and, you know, these guys, these former gangsters that had access to these automatic weapons, you know what I'm saying? They went years later and cleaned their life up and try to buy guns. And they're describing these automatic weapons and these gun store owners don't even know what the fuck they're talking about. Where did those guns come from? That's another conversation. We're going to get to that later. But it's, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a shame that that happened. People, yes, are trying to get the bag. Yes, they want to get the likes and the followers on social media. Unfortunately, they want to get the money because motherfuckers is poor. Motherfuckers is broke. So, yes, it's always been about the bag. I just hate how everybody always try to attack black people in this moment. They take this moment to try to protest the protest with this shit. Why the black people always trying to get the bag? Dude, America was built on getting the bag. Like, come on, stop it. Everybody is about the fucking bag. Let's not get it twisted. It's always been about the Benjamins. You feel me? Yeah. Um, condolences to um, his family, uh, to the Migos. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure, like, you know, this this is definitely a very sad moment for them right now. Um you know, but to piggyback off of what Ronnie said, I mean, listen, um, yeah, we, sh you know, there is always the same narrative, right? You know, black on black crime, this and that. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the shit is getting old um, for black people to uh, causing harm or causing violence against one another. Now, I understand, you know, hurt people hurt people. And who are you going to hurt? The people that you see pretty much every day, the people that are around you, um, you know, and I understand, I think, you know, um, like Caitlin pointed out, you know, there are reports that this was an accident. Um, but when you discharge your weapon, um, let's get this clear. If anybody has fired a weapon, um, as I have, and I don't know if you guys have, but maybe you have, um, that is a serious uh, uh piece of steel um, that can be discharged and harm someone. So that is not an accident uh, when you are pulling out uh, your weapon. Um, and so, you know, I don't know, you know, again, we don't know all the details. So we don't know why it was pulled out or, or, or what occurred. Um, but it's just a sad, uh, a sad moment that this continues to keep happening. But yeah, it's going to continue to keep happening until, um, again, a lot of things change, you know, from gun violence to just a whole bunch of different things. Um, but again, to piggyback off of what Ryan said earlier, you know, uh, talking about the root of the issue. Um, again, that's why this is getting old because I think a lot of us by now have some type of insight as to where a lot of things that black people are still dealing with translates from slavery and all the different things that we have gone through. Um, but we have to come out of it at some point. 
at some point we have to say, okay, we can't allow that to continue to hold us back and hold us down. Um, and so how do we try to move forward from us harming one another and, and continuing to conflict harm on one another? Not, you know, not black men against black men, black men against black women and black women against black. Like, how do we stop that from continuing to happen? Um, you know, especially within our own communities, the hip hop community. Um, you know, it's just it's just very sad that this continues to happen. We continue to cause harm amongst one another when we are not each other's enemies, people. We are not each other's enemies. I think I, I mean to go directly off of that because I have two to it. How to stop it, I think, has to do with the way we present who we are once we've overcome adversity and hard work and determination. I think because so many. Um, when they've reached a certain level of success, that um, being that being that image of wealth is more important than what you do with the wealth. And I think that that's what's making people continue to um, turn to street type antics when it comes like because I didn't even hear once again, I didn't hear that he was walking towards the, the the gunfire where it was more or less like an accident. All I heard, you know, like all of us did on Monday that it had to do with a um, dice game, right? So I'm thinking, okay, dice game. Then Caleb says, oh, it was, it could have been an accident. So I'm thinking maybe the dice game is happening over here. He's off to the side smoking because he's done playing the game because he doesn't need to waste any more money because, hey, I could take everybody's money because I got that, but I don't need to do that. Then somebody pulls a piece talking about, hey, man, you know, you know, whatever the circumstances. So he goes over to try to, like, calm down the situation. And then, boom, there you go. Gun gets discharged. He's shot and killed. And then not knowing how it could have went down, we all do have footage, though. We all had Instagram footage before 12 hours of him being deceased. You already saw him dead on the ground. Three people trying to pick him up. Other people saying, no, leave him there. Blood and, and, and brain matter all over on the ground. It's like. We're literally living a simulated world, like everyone says, the Matrix, right? So if we know all of this is wrong, why do we keep doing it? Like Amrock, you just say, why do we keep doing it? Because we're all poverty-stricken people. Black people are waking up, still getting mad about what's going on, but instead of going about it differently, they're regressing back to the things they saw in the late 80s, early 90s thinking about the street way of doing things like as if that's really going to get you somewhere when it's not. Oh, 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 Biden said that that certain type of offenses with uh, with marijuana is not going to get you as much jail time as it did 10 years ago. So now if I start to trap and I start to do this, I start to do that, I can get to the back faster, like Ronnie said. But then, oh, wait a second. Everybody knows who I am and where I live because I put everything on Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook. And now I got to watch my back every step I take. Like, it's it's too much. Nobody wants to just be grounded, be who they are and move forward. They want to so, be somebody else. So this young generation, they have it. They have this no lacking thing. Mm-hmm. And you have to have your gun with you at all times. This is why these um, man backs have become so popular. For real. They're carrying their weapon around in their bag with them. And it's, and it's a thing where if you don't have your gun with you at all times, you're per se lacking. 
and, and it's a thing. I, I remember they had a no lacking challenge where people would just pull up on their friends and point their guns at them, and their friends would point their guns back at them to prove that they wasn't lacking, that they had their weapon on them, they peace on them. Kalen, we lost a night. Kalen, we lost a nineteen-year-old out here yesterday for that same reason. Fought at the park. Somebody came back, shot him dead. Shot the two girls that he was staying with, who were standing there next to. They lived. Shout out to uh, rest in peace, Jacob. Like literally, like just happened yesterday, and everybody was like, "Well, what did he do to provoke it? Nothing." Him and somebody got down. They he won, I guess. They left. Turn around, came back, shot him dead, robbed him for everything he had, cell phone included. It's the way of the world, man. It's crazy. So nineteen. So everybody wants to say, well, "We need to stop doing it." So since the hip hop culture is so, it correlates with you know gun violence. A lot of these rappers are being gunned down. Since they're 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 kind of coincide together. When are we going to stop supporting? violent music mm. why are we still supporting music that says they're gonna kill people and rob people and just, just dumb music period stun on you why are we supporting all this music that's putting us against each other everybody want to say we need to stop killing each other but obviously music and celebrities in, in social media has a huge influence on everyone whether they want to admit it or not so why are we still supporting bullshit why don't we stop start supporting better content even as far as the tv shows all we're depicted and shown on tv is drug shit and kill shit that's all the dope TV shows, Power, Snowfall, all the same fucking story. So when are we going to start supporting more positive shit and promoting that? Because it seems to have a heavy influence on everybody. So everybody, if you're ready, everybody, if you're ready to see F stop killing each other, everybody got to do their part. Are you willing to stop supporting bullshit music? Are you willing to stop supporting bullshit TV? Are you going to put your money where your mouth is instead of saying we got to stop killing each other? We all part of the problem. We all part of the problem. We all have to take accountability for that. And I bet you nobody willing to stop listening to their bullshit music they supporting. That shit needs to go. We don't need to support that shit no more. Because our, our black men are killing each other. That's the solution right there. Support positivity. Come on, like that. It's just, man. I think that the, the biggest problem that we have is the gatekeep mentality. The, the game is to be sold, not to be told. So then... Once somebody makes it to the other side or they come across this knowledge or they, they come across this system, they either charge your arm and leg or they keep that knowledge dear to them and, and they don't share it. The Asians, they take that knowledge and they share it with their community. The Africans, they come over here, they get the knowledge, they share it with their community. The Indian demographic, they get the knowledge. Black people are the only one in America that once we get some knowledge, we hold it to ourselves and we never want to pass the rock. If you look at basketball right now, it's not about running the offense. It's not about sacrificing for your teammate. It's about getting the rock. Who's the best ISO player? Because this is what the, the mentality of this new people is. It's not about what we can get. It's what I can get. And as long as we got this gatekeep mentality where knowledge is not going to be spread, then opportunity is not going to be Nowhere. We don't have, as young black men, right now, I could go to the job. It's 800 people working at the job. How many young 25 and under black kids do I see in there? Maybe five. We're not at the job, so where are we at?
We on the block. We ain't at the colleges. Where we at? We on the block. So until the niggas help get these kids off the block, all they gonna know is the block. And the block teach them to, to eat or be eaten, kill or be killed. But like, what's glorifying that? They following the rappers. They following the music. Yeah, but but don't they, forget. But but don't forget who's con, who's consuming the culture that we put out in the we world. We know that, but we, we can control the demand. No, no, I know that. I know that. But look, look, we can control the demand. But look, think about this, right? If if we were a panel of millionaires, right, we could each pick a dozen, literally a dozen nonprofit organizations that we could help do something great for their communities. Right. But that would just be the four of us talking right now. How many millionaires are there out there that aren't giving back to any nonprofits, any communities, any anything. I mean, how many, okay, how many times have you watched the NBA game this season and seen an NBA Cares commercial? Not one. Not one NBA Cares commercial within the first seven games of 32 teams in one organization. That makes no sense. But yet when it gets close to the NBA All-Star game, you will see NBA Cares commercials for the community of the the city hosting the all-star game mm-hmm. you get what i'm saying like where is the promotion of these athletes for example giving back to their community that's more than just something for one time bells and whistles lights and all that good stuff you know what i mean like you look at westbrook you look at chris paul you look at john wall you look at lebron there's people who've made substantial like yeah. substantial changes in communities regardless if that was their hometown or not but you don't see that across the board and if you did you don't also see them promoting it and i think that would help people like us be able to have better uh, vision and 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 feel more confident about change coming because for me i want change i promote change but when people ask me what do i see changing it's the top helping the bottom not the bottom doing anything different because we're all fighting to get up to the top you got to give us better resources to not go about it the way we've been going just like everyone has said that's a that's a great point but we we can't rely on the top trying to help the bottom um, oh yeah always. you know what i mean right. because you know at, at the end of the day the people on the bottom you know we all still have to try to make a change or, or influence you know the people around us in, in in ways that we can right like some people going out here and, and running for city council right that might actually help you know open up a community center that might help 200 to 300 different kids right like right. that can start on the bottom and that can promote that positive change and get kids because that's where ultimately it starts right these you know it starts with the kids because Correct. then the kids get older and they follow so you know like they they follow how they grew up right so if we start with the kids early that's where it starts to me it, it actually does start on the bottom and the people that are actually living it day to day changing a mindset and trying to help change their environments from the ground level because again trying to depend on me you know like like somebody like diddy can say oh i opened up you know five charter schools you know but well but it's not the reason why i say that is not diddy really, is the what are you really helping to what are you really helping to change? That doesn't help with gun violence necessarily. That it's help like, with, like yeah. if you think about it, it's all the it's all the athletes. What do young black boys want to do when they grow up? Mm-hmm. Play sports. 
I mean, because yeah, you're looking at it, that's the, all, that's the only be a baller or a rapper. Exactly. You know, that's the only lane that you can see. You don't you don't have knowledge of this. You don't you don't know a pathway. Well, that's what I'm saying with the top coming down, like Kalen, like like you're mm -hmm. a CEO, right? You know good and well if I get the opportunity to get you guys to come down to me in the AV because I host an event. I'm giving you the microphone and you talking to these kids to let them know this is what it took for me to get to where I'm at. So mm -hmm. even though we're at the bottom, that would be me reaching up to you because to me, you're above me coming down to help feed. Right. Might not even be money, but your knowledge is power. But you would be willing to, you know, to give that. In some cases, I feel like some people in that type of situation, they're avoiding that opportunity when it's presented to themselves multiple times. They're avoiding that opportunity to just be transparent and let it be known like, hey, I've struggled to get to where I'm at, but you can get to wherever you want to go to if you don't give up. And, you know, more kids, even adults need to hear that. But like, you know, we hear more on this podcast and we then we see it when we swipe our phones on Instagram. Mm -hmm. That's real. So let's, let's get to this last topic, man. So if you guys have not heard Nancy Pelosi the Democratic House Speaker. Her husband was attacked in his home by a homeless man with a hammer. And so it was reported that Nancy Pelosi's husband had called the police. I guess he found a way to go to the restroom and call the police and speak in code and tell them that an attacker was inside his house. The police Knowing that this was a high-profile household, they showed up. They still knocked on the door. The door was mysteriously opened by somebody that has still not been announced. And Nancy Pelosi and the assailant, with a husband, they were fighting over a hammer. After a few words with the cops, I guess the assailant took the hammer from Pelosi's husband and hit him over the head twice with it. This is the story and the narrative that has been painted. And now that story and narrative has been questioned. As they're questioning, okay, well, if they were fighting over the hammer, who opened the door? The guy got kidnapping charges. They said that they found a backpack with, with tape and rope and other stuff near the back the uh, the the back door so he he found the husband upstairs allowed the husband to use the bathroom in which the husband used his cell phone to call the police when the police show up the door is not open someone opens the door and when they open the door you're right there fighting with the guy over a hammer he speaks with the police and then cracks you over the head with the hammer twice this has like Y'all remember Jesse Smollett? <laughs> has Jesse Smollett like written all over it. Like, bro, I can't believe that the Democrats are doing this. Bro. So, of course, we brought up the, uh, the insurrection. So they already painted this narrative that Trump supporters are violent. Look at them. They stormed the Capitol. So now this guy has been seen to be an avid Obama supporter not a Trump supporter, but they're trying to say that he did this in the name of being a Trump supporter and that he broke in her house to attack her and was screaming 
Where's Nancy at? As she clocked her husband, oh, as he clocked her husband over the head with the hammer. Have you guys looked into this, heard about this, and what are y'all thoughts on this? I'm gonna be quick because I don't want to. I don't want to take away from anyone that actually knows about this information. That's the first I'm hearing about it. And like you said, with Jesse Smollett, to be hit in the head twice with a hammer, twice in the head with the hammer. I'm, I'm pretty sure if you hit me once in the head with the hammer, I'm probably going to give up, not give up on life or nothing, but I'm going to take the fall and pretend like something's wrong. Cause that's a hard thing to try to like, and with force too, you take two to the dome and you still were able to get to the phone and then call and able to whisper and all these other different things with code. Like that doesn't make any sense. I don't know what writer they paid off to try to, you know, make this sound entertaining that people would believe. But if it is, I apologize to anyone that was harmed in the making of this story but um i don't believe any of it none whatsoever. yeah i mean um you know again if if this is all true um you know hope the man's all right um you know but at the end of the day i mean you know it's just a sad situation there's a lot of um there's just a lot of um crazy people out here, um, people who are dealing with a lot of mental health issues. Um, you know, there's politicians out here scheming and plotting um, each and every day, um, trying to distract us as we appointed to earlier, um, you know, with, you know, with Kyrie and Kanye, you know, politicians throw out stories as well to distract us from what's really going on, from what's really happening. Obviously, um, the Democrats, you know, are you know, uh, trying something, trying to, uh, if this isn't, if this isn't true and this, you know, it's just like a, a setup per se, or, you know, they set up this whole scenario. Um, it would seem like Democrats are simply trying to throw out the sympathy, please, so to speak, right? Like, oh, look at the GOPs again, they're violent, they're crazy. We all know this, <laughs> right? We all know that, you know, most people who are part of the GOP party is or violent, crazy, you know, don't care about human beings, let alone black people or Hispanic people. They just don't care about human beings at all. Um, and, you know, uh, oh, I must watch Fox News. No, nah, he probably was speaking to me. Yes, oh. I watch Tucker Carson. Well, see, I definitely don't watch I, I Fox News. Uh, uh, what's, her, what's her name, too? Lindsay? I, I watch a few people on, on Fox. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, you know, too. I watch MSNBC. Yeah, the situation for me, the first thing that that it's crazy. Drew, my attention, drew attention to me was like, how is her house not guarded after all the beef she had with Trump and people already vandalizing her house? She didn't have no guards, especially they after January six, because wasn't yeah, she in the they, Capitol? They said, like, I think all day, of them, you know, got because most of them have uh, Capitol Police, you know, personal yeah. escorts, so. so the, yeah, so, where was that person at? Man, that's so a lot of money. Security, too. The security was not there all of a sudden that day. Then he breaks into the house. The house didn't have like no alarm system. And then if it did have an alarm system, you're the husband. Why didn't you trigger the alarm system? You, you call the police. And when you call the police, you say that he was a friend and he was going to wait there. You were going to wait there for your wife. 
but you referred to him as a friend, but then you said that you were speaking in code because you snuck to make that phone call. So it's kind of like that that those were the two biggest things to me was where's the security? And when you didn't have an alarm system, and if the guy broke in to kidnap you and they said that he his intention was to find Nancy Pelosi and break her kneecaps with the hammer. And he didn't even intend to like kill her. He wanted to break her kneecaps with the hammer. That's the mob stuff. It sound like cap. This whole story is cap. That's all I'm saying. Straight bullshit. This is so it, is the, it is the midterms coming up. The Democrats are about to lose a bunch of seats. They they're gonna they might lose the house. The Republicans already got the Senate, and if the Republicans get the presidency, then in 2024 the Republicans will basically own the government. And so this is why the Obama's going around on a speaking tour right now, and he's going around going to every state trying to rally the troops, trying to rally the Democratic Party to uh, vote blue in this midterm so that the Republicans don't seize control, full control, because if we look at Joe Biden, they plan to run Joe Biden again in 2024. How about vote vote for the people, man? How about vote for free education, right? Free health (laughs) care, you know, uh, legalizing Mm -hmm. marijuana, right? Uh, You know, better policing. Not to say take away the policing, better policing. Now they're blaming a lot of the crime surge. Let's vote for those things instead of Democrat and Republican or uh, or, or, hold on. They're they're blaming the crime surge throughout America as a result of them uh, defunding the police. They said that that because everybody's defunded the police, the police doesn't have any budget. And this is why the police can't solve crime. crime. crime And this is why all this stuff is happening like in LA and everywhere. And that's because the police doesn't get their funds like they Crime has been a problem <laughs> since the white man arrived on the shores way back when. They they came with the crime. They came with the violence. Point blank, plain and simple. So crime has been a problem in America. You can't associate that with the police and the police. So again, and, and most of that came from, again, the brutality and the, and the violence and the murders that multiple police departments throughout this country have perpetrated amongst black people, Hispanic people, uh, you know, uh, the towards the elderly, towards kids, right? That's where, you know, trying to find a better program to educate these police officers mm-hmm. and to get them to not be so goddamn trigger happy, uh, you know, when they when they step out there, not to have a bias, a racial bias or or a racial discrimination when they step out there, like you know. For people to say, oh, you know, now that we that's that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Crime has been a part of this country since day one, since white people arrived over here when the when the natives were chilling peacefully, ain't had no issues with nobody. They was building pyramids and monuments and all this extra stuff. And when that happened, they bought the crime, they bought the violence. Point blank and simple. Period. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's all it's all funny because if one day the Democrats is doing some weird shit tomorrow. The Republicans is gonna be doing some weird shit, and we're just gonna be looking at both parties, and it'll be like it's all bullshit. It's like 
why do we have to vote for any of these motherfuckers? And this is why we got niggas like Kanye about to run for shit. Like, what the fuck? I mean, it's like, it's whatever. We're not Mr. Buster. We're not saying that the police were ever defunded. Because I don't think that they would ever not give the police their money. You know, the state going, whatever state, going to make sure that they people get paid. We're just saying that the, the rhetorics that they put out there that they, they try to get us to believe in. Changing that narrative changed everything. The Republican Party or the 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 Democratic Party. Because when we was when we had Trump in office and we was crying every other week about what the Republicans was doing, now we got Joe Sleepy Joe in office and they ain't doing no better, man. And we heading into this recession. And then we got these midterms and then we headed to 2024 where you got People like Kanye talking about putting their name on the ballot. They're looking like Trump's coming back. And we're looking like we got sleepy Joe Biden again. And this whole political scene is just looking like a, a shit show. It, it's crazy. So I don't know, man. Like, I'm here to. Daddy's here. Like, what is this dude doing? Daddy's here. Hey. Daddy's here. Daddy's here. Listen, Daddy was driving, but he didn't want to leave his kids. So I'm, I'm driving home from work. So I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave y'all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, well, 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 get get your last take in before we get in this podcast. Okay, let me go through it right quick. <laughs> Lakers suck. Clippers suck. We still talking about them on this podcast. But I I know why we talk about them on the podcast. We talk about the Clippers because it is Caleb's team and it is his show. I got it. We are politicking. Right? Right, Ronnie? Right? Yeah. We are politicking. Let's go. Let's go, baby. All right, cool. I'm driving home. Now let's talk about this. It don't matter until the white people get hurt. That's what's going on with Nancy. All right? So that's what's going on with Nancy. But my whole thing is they got all these charges about this so-called person that did all these things to Nancy's husband. And if he really did do it to Nancy's husband, sorry about that. Hope he gets better. But <laughs> if, if, if this man or woman, whoever got all these charges against Nancy's husband and he wanted to bust some kneecaps. <laughs> Why the heck the person that killed George Floyd on video did not get all the charges that he got? That's just my that's just Ooh. my take. Why all the black people right? Why old thing. boy going around shooting people, innocent black people. And he got no charges. Matter of fact, he gave, he walked by the police and he ain't getting no charges like that. Woo. Woo. Police that ran but up in Deanna Taylor's home. <laughs> no mm. charges. And they, 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 they get an old boy or old girl for all these charges. Like they pulling everything out the book. Like, okay, we're going, we're going to try to hit you with this, hit you with this, hit you with this. But when it comes to our people, they getting in the way with murder. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say. That's why I jumped on this. I love that y'all. part. That's, <laughs> right, that's right, y'all. 
So definitely pay attention to these midterms, man. Let's see where the, the power shifts. And let's see where we had going into 2024. Because uh, I don't like none of these candidates, man. And Kanye might run with Trump, man. What if Kanye run with Trump? I, they might win. You know, anybody could put their name on the ballot. Yep. Yeah, I remember these names on the ballot. Don't you remember these names on the ballot? Yeah, we can just write our names in. Anybody. Listen, oh, listen, I'm trying to figure it out so I can give me a little bit of more clout. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but let's get some shout outs before we get up out of here. Shout out to the panel. Shout out to the audience. Shout out to the world. Shout out to everybody. That's continuing to get their ass up in this crazy ass world and continue to do what they do regardless of what's going on, especially us out here in Cali with these high ass gas prices, inflation, high ass cost of living, but we still up doing what we gotta do every day. So shout out to everybody living. Hey, shout out to all you gentlemen. Uh shout out to the fact that we're not giving up. Not just the five of us, but just like you said, Ronnie, for everybody that's just trying to do it. Like we need to we need to hear it more and we need to say it more that we're trying our best to do our best. And that's just damn enough. That's enough. Just trying. And then, you know, greatness to come thereafter. But appreciate all five of y'all. It's always fun. Always a blessing. Yeah. Um, again, condolences to uh, take off uh, his family, Migos. Um, condolences to every uh, black person's, uh, you know, family who has been gunned down, murdered. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's just crazy times out here right now. But, you know, again, that's why, you know, I'm so thankful to have uh, this type of platform where we can discuss these type of topics um, and have these type of conversations. So um, many blessings and respect to all you brothers here on this on this panel. And um, it's always a great time, you know, coming on here and speaking with you guys and us just speaking our truths um, and, and what we see um, and, and providing, you know, um, our opinions. Um, and hopefully, you know, we all learn uh, from each other and, and to everybody listening. Definitely appreciate everybody listening. So shout out to you guys. I ain't going to say much. All I'm going to say is politicking, 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 politicking. You know what the podcast is. You know what the broadcast is. Politicking, 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 politicking. I'm out. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all, y'all four brothers coming on here with me, man. Once again, we're doing this every week, Wednesdays. I'm glad that we can always, you know, have a fruitful conversation. You know, start with the sports, but really get to the meat and, and, and bread of things, and really talk about subjects that really affect us and our community, and not only you know talk about stuff but actually bring up stuff that if you didn't know was going on hey you can look it up yourself i don't want anybody to take you know my word for any of this shit. i'm really just bringing up this subjects because this is the type of information i run across and i'm like does anybody else know that this shit exists if not you know look into it and let me you know know what you think uh what you think about it you know you can always Hit me up if you want to come and debate, you know, because we can politic. That's what we're doing. Uh, I want to shout out my beautiful wife. 
She said, I never shot her out, so I want to shot her out. You know what I'm saying? She in there making me my dinner. It better be done when I get off here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, shout out y'all gentlemen, man. And we're going to be back at y'all with some more content. For all our content, check out our website, thepoliticanforum.com. The famous homie, he's doing interviews again, man. So please lock in with the interviews. And we finna get back on this content, man. We getting to it, man. Paul's taking the podcast, man. We out. <laughs>